This is GKW. Welcome into another episode of Good Karma Wrestling. I am Gabe Nutzer from ESPN Milwaukee, along with Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And Jonathan Hood, you can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And Jay Hood, the new manager, and Naomi. So we got to start. If he's the new manager, those two superstars in the WWE. Jay Hood, what's going on? Give us the latest of the two women who walked out of Monday Night Raw this past week. I talked to my two sisters. They're doing just fine. They're on the beach right now. They're getting ready for whatever's next in pro wrestling. But as the new manager of Sasha and Naomi, I will just tell you, they don't need the championships. They left them with John Laurinaitis because they're all about people power, John Laurinaitis. So that's all right. They don't need the championships. They're going to be fat. Don't worry about it. They're going to be great. So we'll talk about it as we move forward. But I talked to them as the new manager of those two. Ah, oh, so great for me to be the manager of those two. Of what else, what could a man could dream? What that's like? A man could dream. So, so it's it's amazing how I mean how these things always work, right? Like they walk out and it ha- it's happening in real time because they start Monday Night Raw promoting the six pack challenge with the winner of the six pack challenge ending up being the new number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship for Bianca Belair to face at Hell in a Cell, and. Somewhere, you know, uh, Becky does an angle where she's, you know, telling everyone like, hey, I just saw them walk out. So they have to change things on the fly. They're then called unprofessional on the broadcast by Corey Graves, who caught some backlash. So then his wife has to come to his defense being like, hey, you watch wrestling. You know that there might be someone in his ear without actually saying, hey, Vince told him to say this. It's... I mean, it's, it's a situation where obviously they were unhappy with their creative. The rumor is, we'll get that out there, that uh, that Naomi was set to win that and then she was going to lose to Bianca Belair and then Sasha was going to go over to SmackDown and be the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship and face off against Ronda Rousey and put Ronda over in that feud. And they apparently weren't happy with it because they were put in a tag team that they didn't want to be in. They feel that they worked hard, got it over, got the WrestleMania, you know, uh, were able to uh, fight for, you know, get the championships, do the best they could with this. And they want to continue with it. And now they're kind of being awkwardly split up. So what was the first thing, Brian, for you when you heard that they had walked out? Well, I think the first thing always as wrestling fans, we're sort of conditioned to think, ah, this ain't real. Like it's, it's a work. Like that's what it is. But then you see that WWE statement and some of the stuff in it, like looking at it now, like eight hours to rehearse and construct a match. Uh, Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show. Characters, like the WWE using words like that, like that was shocking and jarring to me, to be honest. And in that situation, it's like, okay, you're damage control. But it, once you do that, it becomes a mainstream story. We saw TMZ talking about it. If they don't put that out, no one talks about it at all outside of the wrestling world because it's like, oh, whatever, like it's a wrestling angle. By them doing that, like that made no sense to me. Well, because this isn't the first time that Sasha's been involved. I mean, I guess she didn't walk out, but there was a couple years ago at WrestleMania when she was yeah. tag team champions with Bailey. You know, the story, the rumor was out there that they were on their hands and knees, like pouting and just upset after a match at WrestleMania that they weren't happy with. I have no idea whether that was true or not, but it didn't get to the point where WWE released right. a statement. So that's how you know that it may have hit the fan. And she missed four months back then, and reportedly back then it was being upset about the tag titles again. Like it was the same situation. It's like, hey, we have these belts, let's make them into something. Because her and Bailey were the champs at that time, and WWE because it's how they feel about all tag teams outside of 
I guess two right now that are hot. They don't care about the tag team division at all. The statement that was made by the WWE reads as follows. They claimed that they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. Okay. And even though that they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed that they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. From there, it says Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. But here's the coupe de Gracie. Here is the cherry on top, gentlemen. We regret that we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main events. Uh, that's most main events on Raw. That's it, that you're not able to deliver as advertised the, the main event. So I call BS on that. That's number you, one, right? You so just took Roman one. Reigns off the Hell in a Cell poster last week. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Uh, we, we regret that we're unable to deliver as advertised on tonight's main event. Okay, whatever. So a couple things, guys, that, that I was thinking about with this. So Sasha against Rousey, Bianca against Naomi. Now, here's one thing we do know. So Sasha has, and definitely Naomi, they both have really taken pride at becoming the tag team champions because they figure out, like, if we got the championships, we want to do something with them, right? We don't know if it's going to be a three-week run. We don't know if it's a three-month run. But we want to show the promotion that we do care that we're tag team champions. There's two African-American women that, that feel like, hey, we are one of the first. Let's do this, right? Let's make sure we have some prestige with this. I got no problem with that. I saw Sasha Banks with that championship everywhere, right? She threw out the first pitch at a Boston at Red Sox, Chicago White Sox game at Fenway Park. So that's really good. But I, I guess from their st their standpoint, I'm sure that the door is still ajar for them to return. Keep in mind, there's no suspension and there's no reconciliation. So either side's not talking. So I'd imagine those two will be able to come back. But I do appreciate those two standing up for themselves. If they don't like the creative – they can always leave because you know why? Because Charlotte did it. Stone Cold Steve Austin did it. And so if you feel like the creative is not right for you, at some point in some way, they're going to be able to come back together. Both sides will come back together and figure this out. But do you feel that way about both of them? Like Sasha is on that level. I don't know if Naomi is. And it just so happens today is 26 years to the day of the curtain call. And I saw Sports Illustrated sort of compared to that. HBK wasn't punished the way Triple H was. So, like, I feel like with the two of them, Sasha is a star. She's branched out of the WWE bubble. I don't know if Naomi's on that same level, and I don't know if she sees the same future as Sasha. Well, and Naomi reportedly is in the middle of a contract negotiation, mm. which makes the whole thing even, even more spicy that, hey, I don't like the creative. I'm walking out. Who knows what direction she goes in? Maybe WWE feels like because her husband is in a prominent spot that they sure. can easily convince Naomi to come back. I don't know. But that, – Tip of the cap to them, because I think that if, if you don't like the creative that, that's being pitched in your direction, yeah, go ahead, fight against it. Like you said, Jay hood they're not the first ones to do it. And Sasha, to me, certainly has enough cachet where she can push back on something that she doesn't like. And this is how we get better storytelling. We, we spent so much last week talking about Eric Bischoff and his uh, criticism of, uh, and lack of storytelling in AEW. Well, this is how we get better storytelling from the actual performers pushing back and trying to work with creative on coming up with something. Yeah, Naomi, you know, from her standpoint, she does have an in. Her husband is one of the tag team champions, and uh, her husband is the cousin of Roman Reigns, and there's a connection to The Rock. So the lineage is there, right? I believe that there is a connection in which, you know, if she wanted to come back, I'm sure Roman can say, okay, can we just get this together? Can we get all parties together? Let's, this is so small. We can just figure this out. 
And with Sasha Banks, as we've documented, I mean, there has been an issue with her before. I asked you, Gabe, a couple weeks ago, like, what's up with Sasha Banks? Because we don't see enough of her, right? I mean, for someone that is silky smooth in the ring, almost Rick Steamboat of this era, as, as, as far as how smooth she is in the ring, like, how come we don't see enough of her? How come she's not always in the title picture? Well, look at it from this standpoint. If you're tag team champions, and you can call it a trinket, you can just say it's a work, it doesn't matter if you're champion, but to them, it does matter. If you're Sasha Banks, do you want to lose to Ronda Rousey? Sure, you can give her the best match. And if you're if you're not Naomi, do you want to lose to Bianca? Because that's what's on the line between these two, right? They'd have to play, they'd be in singles matches and more than likely lose both, right? Yep. And, and look, I, I honestly don't think it's about them losing those matches. I think it's for – honestly, I think it's, hey, we're tag team champions. We should be featured as tag team champions on this pay-per-view – excuse me, uh, premium live event card okay. coming up with Hell in a Cell. Like, we are prominent figures. Shouldn't just be split up and being walking down separate matches with the tag – you know, each of us with their half of the tag team championship – uh, draped around their waist like that didn't make sense to me that doesn't make sense like if you're going to have the women's tag team championships then have the women's tag team championships and actually have a division and have them be defended well yeah because in this situation those tag titles aren't thought about for a month and a half because they both go their separate ways they were going to be involved in that six-pack against each other monday i agree it doesn't make sense story-wise but to your point gabe about hey this is what you should do voice your opinion if you're not a star does it really make a difference like i think we're seeing it with ali like, he has been very outspoken. He's been on social. Hey, I don't want to be here. Hey, my creative sucks. And now he comes back and, like, he's on TV, but, like, his creative still sort of sucks. So, like, in the WWE world, I don't know if it actually makes a difference with the higher-ups. So, Vikram and Sal, as well as Alex, uh, on our message board here is asking the question, could it be an angle, right? Uh, could it be an angle? Because the WWE put out a statement real quick and everyone's talking about it, so it really can push things. Sal says it could be an angle the way WWE put out a statement. Yeah, so um, so both of them are pretty much saying the same thing. So when you first heard about this, guys, like, okay, did you think it was a work? Yeah, I did. And honestly, though, when the fact that they put out the statement, that's what made me, like, because when when we've had these rumors of everybody else doing it before, whether it was Sasha, whether it was Charlotte, like, it was kind of you had to look on the internet to read about it. Like WWE wasn't addressing it on their programming. Like not even just through a statement, WWE addressed this in their programming, which made me go, okay, there's something different here. Because yeah, when I first heard it, oh, they walked out, they're not happy. Okay, let's see where this goes. And the fact that, again, the word unprofessional keeps being thrown around on air and in the statement, like that to me is... Like that's that's driving hard to the hoop if you're WWE. Like that is like the one word that you can use that's really trying to put these two in a bad light. And, and to that point, like by putting out that statement and again using the words rehearse and construct a match and characters, what's the end game? Because it's one thing if oh they walked out and they mentioned it, and even that, you know, in passing, Corey makes that comment on Monday. But with that statement, when you take it to the next level, I understand. There's no such thing as bad publicity. TMZ is talking about you. National outlets are talking to you. That's great. But what's the end game? What would be the end game of like, hey, we have characters. Hey, we rehearse our matches. Oh, now, hey, they're back on TV in two weeks. Like, I don't see the upside there. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, the WWE wants you to know it's a work. They want you to know that all of this is not real. And I like... As an old school wrestling fan, I don't like that. I don't think anyone should know your business. Mm -hmm. We all kind of know with a wink and a nod what this is. I mean, it's, it is sports entertainment. But
But maybe, just maybe, maybe they look at this and say, we need some buzz in the women's division because Charlotte's gone to get married and she's going to be away for a while. So we need something. Maybe this is it. I just don't know. I think that Brian's right. You don't have to go to such extremes to explain, hey, they rehearsed for eight hours and, hey, you know, they're just <laughs> characters in a TV show. There's a way to say, hey, these two, they're rogues, man. They want to do their own thing. And so they can come in and out of the territory and out of the uh, company when they want to, right? So it, maybe there's an angle. Charlotte's not around. Let's do something that can create a little buzz in the women's division. But we well, don't even see that on TV shows. Like if an actor or an actress is upset and they leave a TV show, they get written off and you don't hear that. We're like, oh, no, they're unprofessional. They walked out. Like, it just happens. It just goes away. Like, it's a bad look on WWE to bury them like the way they are. Because if it were Charlotte in the same situation, are they doing that? No, I don't think probably so. not. No. I don't think so. Right. Yeah, it's and, – and as Mike points out, you can see the comment there. Earlier today, we found out that Stephanie McMahon – is this one seems to be amicable. She's taking a leave of absence from the WWE saying on her social media that she wants to take some time away, focus on her family, and then eventually get back. And I mean, they're her and, and Paul Levesque, Triple H, their kids are, you know, kind of getting to an age where they're probably involved with a lot of things. Maybe she wants to be more involved there. Obviously he's still coming back and working his way back from the heart and health scare he had not that long ago. So this seems to be more amicable, but it's also interesting timing that just, you know, three days after a couple of women walk out on Raw, the most prominent woman in WWE is taking a leave of absence. Hmm. I have a replacement for Stephanie. I got I someone. Ya. Oh. Yep. I, I, I didn't realize you were also Stephanie's manager. This yeah, is awesome. Wow. Good on you. No, no, I'm not Stephanie's manager. Smart guy. <laughs> Smart guy. No, that's not it. What I am, Gabe, is someone who's a thinker when it comes to busy. See that? Using the old, the old noodle, you see? And so I've got one. I think the replacement for Stephanie, Brandy Rhodes. Bam! Right there. The same job she had in AEW. Brandy Rhodes. I say that as a work. I'm just kidding. But I mean, I mean, it'd be kind of funny, though, right? I mean, she 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 knows how to do that in AEW. Just bring it in WWE offices. No, actually, I think it is um, it is interesting timing. I would agree with that. I think that that's interesting. Um, but it also tells me about how Vince does business. I mean, Nick Khan is his guy ultimately, right? I mean, he's the president of the company, and uh, even though Stephanie's done a lot in the company. I'm not sure how much her voice is heard uh, you know, when, you, when you think about it, right? The heir apparent to Vince should be Triple H and Stephanie or one of the two. And just based on the Pat McAfee interview that we talked about a couple of weeks ago when Pat sat down with Vince McMahon and they both were, it had a long interview, I don't think Vince was very happy with his family. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that was a work. I don't think he's he, – I think when he dies, he's not happy that Shane's around, Shane's in and out of the company – that he thinks that Steph should have done more. Triple H has been out of the picture. So I don't think he's really happy with his inner circle of his family as far as the next generation of McMahons. So let's focus, get back quickly to Sasha and Naomi. Let's make a prediction because, again, like sometimes these things get resolved or sometimes, like when Stone Cold Steve Austin picked up his ball and went home, they weren't resolved for a number of years. So... What do you think ultimately happens with Sasha and Naomi? Do we see them back relatively soon? Or do we not see them back in, in the near future? I say we see them both back in the next few months, but I see Naomi getting buried after that. 
Again? Yeah, yes. I mean, it's normal for her, unfortunately, but like I think she's the one they make an example of, so no one else does this in the future. Because no. in their world, I bet they don't even acknowledge the tag belts until they're back. Like instead of a tournament or anything, it's like, ah, eh, whatever. Like Johnny Ace, you're the tag team champion for the next couple months. <laughs> you know what, Brian Rowitz? If Naomi gets buried again, Twitter is going to melt down. She's already been buried. What, what are you gonna do? Bury her more with Sonya Deville? What are you gonna do? Yes. Right, you're gonna you're, you're gonna have her go now, through Sonya Deville again? You're you're gonna have her? No, you're gonna put her in the twenty four seven title scene. There you That's go. What you're gonna do. Have her chase around with our truth and uh-huh. Dana Brooke and Tazawa and all those. She can have an on air wedding, and there you go. You're good to go. You and know, on air annulment. Right. So, so something something we haven't talked about on the show that I think we should bring up. So Naomi, we just mentioned that Naomi was uh, going to be close to a contract extension or a new deal with the WWE, right? You know, so you know, in this company, it's weird. It's not like this in radio or television, but it's weird. The WWE has the right to be able to tack on more years that you don't want or more months that you don't want. That's just the weirdest thing, right? If I want to leave good karma and just want to leave good karma in ESPN 1000, here's the one thing for sure. Like my boss, like Danny Zetterman is going to say, well, don't leave yet. We're going to add eight more you know, months to your contract because of vacation time or whatever, right? All that, like, It's very weird the WWE. Say Naomi's contract is up. Well, they can still tack on more months or years if they want to based on time off or whatever and, and retroactively somehow be able to keep you in the company and make you miserable. We've seen this before, right? Is it just me? Like, I've seen this. So, like, Naomi, if she leaves, I could see that. But Sasha Banks, I think I think all three of us have speculated, like, she's destined for Hollywood, just like Bianca Belair at some point. Well, th- to yeah. that point with the contract, like John Moxley talked about when he left, like there was a point when he knew I am not sticking around this place for another day, but he had like a year or so left on his contract. And to him, he was going to show up to work every day because he didn't want that time added on. He was counting down to the end. And part of that has to do with Renee Young being there. He didn't want them to take it out on her. So from a Naomi standpoint, if she's got a few months left, it's very gutsy to take this stand now because say she has three months left on a deal and she sits out the next three months you're still going to have those three months left on a deal and you're still going to be miserable as opposed to just doing what you have to do and then hitting free agency after that. And yeah, then she would... becomes a baddie. Then she becomes right. a baddie <laughs> on, on, on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> I, would be, I would not be shocked if we don't see Sasha Banks for a while because I think she can, she has, because she has other options where Naomi really doesn't, right? Like this right. is what Naomi does. Sasha has other options. I think people would certainly be interested in her, you know, in, in Hollywood, you know, Sure, the Mandalorian is going to have another season as successful as it's been on Disney Plus, and I think she can vault that into an acting career if that's what she wants to do. It's to me, Sasha controls more of her own destiny than what Naomi does. But it's certainly going to be something interesting, and it's certainly going to be something worth keeping an eye on over the next few weeks. All right, one other the, the thing we like to do here on GKW, we like to do the three count, the other top three stories that we want to discuss in the world of professional wrestling. And what do we have on number one, Brian? Guys, it was announced this week, July 31st in Nashville on the Fight app at 6.05 Eastern, of course, the Nature Boy, the 73-year-old Nature Boy. One final match will be stepping in the ring again. So, guys, do you want to see the Nature Boy in the ring again? No. (laughs) No. Next topic. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, not really. Um, I saw he released a statement today or, or talked about it on his own podcast about how 70% of the feedback was positive, 30% was negative, and then like went on and said he was like in the best cardio shape of his life. Like, dude, you are 73 with a pacemaker. There is not a chance in hell that you are in the best cardio shape of your life. There's a reason it's man tag to take some pressure of you or rumored to be a six-man tag because they wanted to get Ricky Steamboat potentially involved. Steamboat turned it down, so they're still potentially looking for that older opponent to be involved in this whole thing. Look, I mean, if that's what Rick wants to do, go for it, man. But I don't want this to be a real-life The Wrestler. If you remember the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, where his heart is just failing on him, and he's still going to the top rope to do that one last Ram Jam. Like, I, I just, I don't want that for Ric Flair. I, and, but if that's what he wants to do, clearly no one can stop him. But at the same time, like, man, you almost died five years ago. You have a pacemaker. Like, this would be, I would be un as uncomfortable with this as if I, if, if I saw Jerry the King Lawler get in the ring again. Like, once you have, and once you get to that age and you have had a major heart issue, like, you don't really need to do this anymore. Like, I, but... It's Ric Flair, man. He he can't he can't control or help himself at this point. He wants to get back in the ring. Jerry the King Lawler is still wrestling. Oh, I'm uncomfortable with that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. No, he's he's still wrestling in the Memphis. Like he'll take the booking. And the the old adage for him is, "I'll stop taking bookings when people stop calling." And I just think that that's sad in a lot of ways, guys. It's kind of sad. Like Jerry Lawler still wrestling in the Memphis area or somewhere in the Tennessee, you know, in the Tennessee in the South. And, you know, he could still go for like 10 minutes. I get that. But we saw him die at the at the table with Michael yep. Cole in Montreal. We saw him. That he was... died for 15, 20 minutes. It was scary, right? So scary. For people don't know, Jerry Lawler was wrestling in a tag team match that involved Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler gave Jerry Jerry Lawler like ten elbows, one of those high elbows, right to the right to the chest. And Jerry and, and it just just a bad job by the WWE. You don't take an old man to the back and check on his blood pressure, make sure he's okay. He goes from the ring to the table and sits down. And he and Michael Cole hears snoring, and Mike thinks, okay, he's just he's just BSing, right? He's snoring through the match. And no, actually, Jerry's dead. Jerry actually died. And so thank God the doctors were there, right there at ringside to revive him in Montreal. Uh, he had no idea where he was. They asked him where he was. He thought he was in the Bahamas someplace. And so, you know, thank God Jerry's alive, but he's still wrestling. Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. Jimmy is still wrestling in North Carolina. He's like uh, north of 70 in wrestling. Uh, Bill Dundee's still wrestling. He's north of 70. So it's, it, you know, the, the Rock and Roll Express. They're wrestling also, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, right? This, they're part of this tag team thing. So, is, is this Sting's fault? Is this Sting's fault? Like everybody sees, or is oh, this no. just this is this is just the way it is in wrestling? Like these guys just kind of go and do the the you know the stuff in their regional areas the way they used to back in the day. Because I mean, yeah. to me, if I'm an older wrestler and I see what Sting's been, I mean, because AEW, the one thing they've done with Sting, they've made him look really good, and they've, they've saved right. him for some. Yeah. yeah, they've saved him for spots. They've tried to keep him as safe as possible. They've done some cinem cinematic matches with him. Yeah, like. And, and he looks like a million bucks every time they, they put him in a match. But I can't imagine Rick Flair. Like, I am terrified of him coming out of the corner and doing a flare flop. Yeah, He's I mean, the crazy it. part, like, Undertaker looks so bad at the end. And ultimately, they had the cinematic match with AJ, which sort of hit some of that stuff. Taker was like 54, 55 
during that run. That's nearly 20 years younger than Flair is right now. And it's not even like, I guess with the Lawler example, the fact that he's been continuously doing it doesn't make it better, but at least there's some sort of continuity there. Nate hasn't been in the ring in over a decade, 2011. And if you go by Jay Hood standard, that was in an impact ring. So that doesn't even count. Like it was 2008 when he was at WrestleMania, so it's been a while. <laughs> that was a, yeah, that what are you was talking like about? That. This is the Impact pregame show. <laughs> you can't don't shit on Impact. This is a pregame show. What are you doing? Don't you know people after this show will go right to Impact because everybody does, right? Uh, so anyway, so uh, but so with Ric Flair, you know I I love Ric Flair, guys. I'm a Ric Flair mark uh, from his days in the NWA and WCW and WWF when he was a two-time champion. I mean, he was the guy. I loved him because he was a traveling champion. He'd go from territory to territory, go from Puerto Rico to the Carolinas, Carolinas to Florida, Florida to Texas, Texas to Chicago, Milwaukee, Portland. I mean, he'd be all over the place traveling and trying to make wrestling better because he'd wrestle the top talent in all the territories back in the day as the traveling NWA champion. And But the thing that we all know is that, you know, outside of wrestling, Rick has struggled. You know, he, he, I mean, he's had a couple of podcasts. He has a current podcast now. But the thing that makes him is to, got, to be the guy in the ring. And I'm with you. I don't want to see him die in Nashville. And I know that they'll take care of him because it's a six-man match. He says he's going to wear a T-shirt because he's never been a body guy. But the point is, though, is that I don't – I'd just rather not see him there. But hopefully, if this is the last, this is really the last last. Well, you guys both say you don't want to see it. But will you watch that weekend? No. Is GKW? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Come on, man. Now you, we have to watch this. Like, like, look, listen, it, listen. If Brian's gonna watch the intergender matches, <laughs> gonna... okay. Sex. You know what? You know what? Right? I guess I could take the sacrifice and and right. watch the Ric Flair match. It's just yes. You know, and and I think you know you're talking about you know the, we know the struggles that Rick has had, and one of my favorite thirty for thirties that ESPN has done was the Ric Flair one. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it was. A celebration of Rick, everything that he was in the ring, but it didn't hide anything. Like it didn't shy away from the struggles and everything else that happened has happened in his personal life. Um, so it, it's just it's I, I don't know how to feel for. It. I mean, because I, I can kind of understand it from a point of these guys who feel the need to do this. It is sad, but they they literally know nothing else. Right. And if 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 this I'd like to think that maybe this brings this match, if it is the very last one, brings Ric Flair some peace. But I know way too much to know it probably won't. Well, yeah, we see it all the time. I mean, honestly, like a guy like Brian Danielson probably shouldn't be wrestling anymore. And like, there's still part of me, like there's some of the bunk where like I cringe a little because you don't know where he is head-wise, like in terms of his actual head. Like it's wrestling, it's in their blood. These guys can't stay away from it. So like, I think we're naive to even believe this is the last one. I feel like there'll be multiple more Ric Flair matches in the future. I, and, and Ric Flair's thing, last I, match two, Electric right. Boogaloo. <laughs> and then you take it higher. Um, so th th there's no need for another Ric Flair match, though. I mean, I, what I remember is a guy that was on top, and he put guys over, and he was great. And so I don't know. He's got nothing to prove. But he's, he just wants this one last match. And actually, this might be a foray into Conrad Thompson being a promoter and probably starting his own territory. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, he says he's, he's not. 
I know he's got more money than God, clearly, um, living in Huntsville, Alabama. But wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden – and by the way, this is under the guise of Jim Crocker Promotions. Did you see that, Brian? Yeah. Like they're, they're trying to get – they're trying to get uh, – make this a Jim Crocker Promotions thing, even though it's in the fairgrounds in Nashville, a smaller building. We'll just see what happens. I, I don't want to see a death, though. I don't want to come on here on Thursday and say, let's remember Ric Flair where he was for an hour. I don't want to do that show. Who do you think they end up getting to be kind of the old guy to match him in the six-man tag? Because, again, Ricky Steamboat is, has already turned it down. Smart guy. <laughs> I mean, Smart is guy. it Sting? I feel like FTR has to be in it somehow, some way. And then Arn? Like, do you find a way to get Arn involved? We've seen I mean, he's going to be there. They're, they're, doing a, the, they're doing the Four Horsemen reunion right. as part of StarCast, a part of this whole event. Um, where they're going to have so many of the members of the Four Horsemen over the years be there. So that's that's a big part of this promotion as well, uh, where they'll you know, be able to answer questions, sign autographs. So, I mean, some of those guys are going to be there. And, yeah, Arn's, Arn's come out on AEW. He's, he's you know, he's, he's put some spines on the pine yeah. <laughs> in, his, in the last three years. That's so ridiculous at his age. <laughs> spines on the pine. <laughs> You know what, guys? You know what? Sting sounds like a good name. You get we mentioned Sting. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Sting and and you're so right, Gabe. They're using him the right way. Um, yeah, he's never. Hopefully, he'll never be in singles matches. The matches that he's in are a little long, but he is taking some risks uh, and he's taking some bumps. And so I I like it though. I like it. I think Sting is a good opponent for Rick because that's a rivalry, right? If Steamboat's yep. not going to be there, Sting can be. That's his second best rival. And, and the way you hide it, like, obviously the six man's going to do that, but, like, throw FTR and the Briscoes in there to where, like, the match ends up being good, and then you have a couple moments where the old guys get in there for, you know, 30 seconds at a time, and then that's all we're talking about. Like, oh, hey, that was a really good wrestling match. I don't know. I don't know, Brian. Rick said his cardio is real good. I think you got to oh, give okay. him a little bit more than 30 seconds. Best best cardio shape of his life. Watch out for the Dude, doing Iron player. Man matches back in the 80s. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go wrestle 60 minutes, Rick. Let's see how that cardio yeah. holds up. I'm in the best cardio of my life. I saw that snow slowdown matches he had with Jay Lethal on Instagram. Are you serious? I didn't know if I was watching in full, but if that was like live, live, I don't know if that was like slow, slow. I don't know what that was. I was like, really? That, that, that forearm shift, those chops? Like, okay. Best cardio of your life. I saw you against Rick Steamboat in 1989, and, he, and now you're in the best shape. Okay, buddy. Okay. So Rick Flair, he's going to be wrestling. It's going to be SummerSlam weekend, and I'm sure it's going to be on Fight TV. So apparently, Jay Hood said we're watching. So we're watching. <laughs> we're watching, buddy. <laughs> Can't wait. Woo! What do we got next on the uh, on the three count, Brian? Guys, CM Punk this week tweeted that Dax Harwood is his wrestler of the year. Dax on his Twitter responding to all the love. This is a big surprise to me because uh, I'm not a six foot six monster and my body is less than ideal to a, to a multitude of the people around the world. And this face right here don't scream baby face. Uh, but for all those things, I thank you for that. So guys, if it's not Dax, who is your wrestler of the year right now? I mean... I have been impressed with Dax. I'm, I'm, I don't want to like put him down. I mean, FTR is having is in the middle of their best run. 
um, in AEW that, you know, they've done, you know, a number of different things. They've been tag team champions, but I think this is the best presentation of them as the ROH champion, the AAA uh, champion. And then they, they were able to even wrestle each other as a qualifier for this Owen Hart tournament. And then Dax had a pretty good match uh, with Adam Cole in, in, in the tournament. So Dax is, is having a great year. Don't get me wrong. I, I just don't think I can put him as my wrestler of the year to this point. Um, I mean, the wrestler of the year is Roman Reigns, right? Like he's still double champ, but I, I don't know if Roman Reigns is wrestler at the wrestler of the year at the end of the year. It depends upon what his schedule looks like going forward. We know he's going to be missing Hell in a Cell, so he's not going to be at the next you know big event for WWE. But then there are three stadium shows that he'll probably be a part of. So going forward, again, it it, it just has to be Roman. He is the standard bearer right now for WWE. He's been involved in pretty much the only storyline that's mattered all, you know, since, you know, the beginning of the year, since day one, the WWE, you know, pay-per-view then all the way till now, he, he's been the guy and I, I have a hard time picking against anyone other than Roman Reigns. But is he the wrestler of the year right now or the sports entertainer of the year? Oh, Ooh. Because how many like matches are you saying like oh you got no, your JAS shirt match. on there? You got your Jericho Appreciation <laughs> Society shirt on underneath that polo? Is that what we're looking at? I just say like from a wrestling standpoint, like him and Brock was him and Brock, like him and KO was that earlier this year? Like what memorable matches have you gotten out of Roman this year? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah, him and because we talked about how that was a disappointment at WrestleMania. Right. Like that we we expected a little bit more out of that match and, and it just kind of abruptly ended. Um, in terms of the wrestler who's probably put on, oh man, if we, if we're, if we're, if we're going down, that's a different question. Like the wrestler who's that been like the best in ring, like that's, that's a different question. Cause I would have also had MJF on my list, but MJF, again, he's more sports entertainer than professional sure. wrestler. If that's what we're talking about, because again, it's, it's a tremendous angle that they're running right now with him and Wardlow. Yeah. Um, man, I would, I would have to take a little bit more time and think about who's, who's had the best in-ring performances this this year so far well well the answer is will osprey but if you're if you're talking about what's happening you know amongst AEW wwe i mean you're going to give it to roman reigns because because that's i mean he's the guy in pro wrestling he's the guy you know and again we can look at edge we can look at aj styles there's a number of guys that have had some really good matches in 2022 ultimately answers is will osprey i'm just looking at cage match um, all of the, the matches he's had against Homicide, um, Juice Robinson, John Moxley, you know, great matches, uh, Shino uh, Takagi, Naito, all these guys, right? He's had some hellified matches. And so, and, and I, actually, I'm glad, guys, that he's in New Japan or on the Indies because I'm not sure what he'd look like on, in AEW or WWE as far as, you know, television matches. He's so good. It's like, it's epic. He needs to wrestle for 20 or more minutes for you to get it, right? I mean, if he's in there for like six minutes, like the main event of AEW Dynamite from Houston, that wouldn't work because he's just getting warmed up after six minutes, right? So, I mean, the answer to the question is Will Ospreay. But but just talking about Dax, though, I was talking to Brian about this before. Um, so, Gabe, can you be wrestler of the year when you have good matches and lose? And I think the answer is yes to that. Mm -hmm. like, like, like Dax is a guy that I've appreciated. I mean, he's the, the new era Arn Anderson. That's what he is. And he doesn't mind being called that. I know that he's a Bret Hart mark. I love that. He's had some really good singles matches and I like it. 
Um, you know, it's it's flattering for CM Punk to say that, but we just know that FTR are heels at heart. Dax has had a nice done a nice job as a singles. He's had some really classic matches. Some. Uh, some matches I think that uh, will be considered match of the year for 2022. But for me, it, it's without question Will Ospreay, uh, whether it's Independence or New Japan or otherwise, he's had the best matches. The other thing also with him, like I looked at, like it's only been three singles matches. Like the tag matches we remember, we remember the Briscoes, we remember the Bucks. Like they took on Punk and Mox at one Dynamite. Had so how do you differentiate between you know the two of them, the two FDR between Cash and Dax? So that to me is one thing. The other two I'll throw out from an AEW standpoint, what about Punk and Page? Like, they've had some great matches. Punk had the Wardlow angle. I know we talked about Hangman not having a great run as champion, or at least one that I don't think is great from an angle standpoint. But those guys have had some great matches this year. Yeah, I mean, Hangman even had a good match last night. He had a yes. really good match on Dynamite. Like, I, I really enjoyed watching that. Like, there is, yeah, there's no doubt that Hangman can go in the ring. Like, any time you know he's going to be in a match it's going to be pretty good it's about whether or not the angle that got you to that point is going to be great i mean the only i mean the best angle that they've had is and it might even be one of the best angles in company history for AEW was hangman versus kenny mm -hmm. um so you know you have that angle but i mean punk i mean punk's put on some pretty good matches um he's done you know a lot of the you know tribute matches you know the bret hart sure. tribute matches I, it's it's it doesn't seem like to me he has I, I don't want to say he's lost a step but maybe a half a step you know where it's not yeah. you know but again he, at the same time he was out of progressing for seven years you know like he's he's eight eight months into this new venture you know since he had been out of the ring so I I'd, I'd probably lean to maybe more things hang, hangman in terms of best in ring for aew for these five months or four and a half months to this point. That's not what you thought at the beginning, though, when he won the championship. I don't think anybody on this show thought that he would be able to carry it the way he has. I don't think. I don't think so. I think that if we go back and listen to our shows, I don't think that anybody was really thinking that he'd have to carry it like this. Well, because the fear with him was, you know, it was going to be one of those. It was. It was almost Daniel Bryan esque during the Yes Movement in, in WWE, where the the chase went on for so long. And the chase went on, and then he wins the two matches at WrestleMania 30, and he goes over, and it's like, okay, now what? Right. And the chase was so long for him to finally get to Kenny Omega that it culminated in this huge grand moment. And because wrestling is what wrestling is, hey, we got an episode of Dynamite coming up on Wednesday. We got to figure out what we're going to do with him. And, and to his credit, I, I think you're right, Jay Hood. He has been able to carry it um, better than originally thought. And uh, again, they've got uh, we've got Hangman, Punk. That's going to be the main event uh, coming up of Double or Nothing. But, Brian, did, Brian, did you give your Wrestler of the Year? I, I think I'd go year? Punk. I, I would go Punk just punk. from a wrestling okay. standpoint. The the MJF angle, like I get what you guys are saying with Roman, but I just think like there hasn't been match wise. Like so, like that's why I sort of differentiate there. I think Punk, like there have been great matches. I think him and Hangman are going to be great. I want Punk to take the title. I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week, but like. Every time he's in the ring, like it is special. When that music hits, it still is special. Oh yeah, and I mean, and, and you gotta love his t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Crazy. Well, we're talking a little bit about AEW right now, so let's continue to talk about AEW, Brian, with number three in the three count. All right, guys. Last night on Dynamite, Johnny Elite and Maki Ito were revealed as the Jokers in the Owen Hart tournament. What was your reaction to the Joker reveal? 
All right, so I've I've got like a grudge against Johnny Elite that's been like festering for like wow. eleven years. For like eleven years at this point. So the pay per view wow. after WrestleMania for WWE in twenty eleven featured Johnny Morrison, John Cena, and uh, um, and The Miz because Cena and The Miz just came off. And now this is a pay per view. That most people would think of as, oh, that's the pay-per-view where after it was over, John Cena came out and announced to the crowd that the United States government had shot Osama bin Laden. That's not how I think of it. I think of it as John Morrison climbed to the top. It was a la- it was a cage match. It's a cage match. He gets to the top of the cage. Miz and Cena are in the middle of the damn ring, standing next to each other. All Morrison has to do is jump down, jump down. You're WWE champ, pal. You're WWE champ. What does he do? And granted, it was a pretty sick moonsault back into the ring to take out the two. It was awesome because he's Johnny Morrison. He's super athletic and can do something like that. But what are we doing? Jump over. You're champ. You escaped the cage. <laughs> this is this is what I – so, like, I have been carrying this for, like, 11 years. Like, he should have been WWE champ, and he decided not to be. And so I, I'm, I'm not as excited when I see Johnny Elite come out. And uh, admittedly, admittedly, it's because I've been holding this grudge foolishly for about 11 years. Wow. You know what? You're right. Gabe, you're right. <laughs> if you're that close to go over the just top, why don't you, go, just, why go. you just go for it, right? Well, hopefully that was therapeutic for Gabe. So hopefully, you know, we yes. can, we can do it together. You. Thank you. That's ultimately why this show is together because it's therapeutic, man. We just gotta let this shit out. We just have to. We just have to do it. I and you know what? I'm here for it. I enjoy it. Um, so you know what? Johnny Elite against Samoa Joe was a miss for me. I didn't think that match was very good. I didn't. There were some spots. There were some spots. There were some spots. There were some timing issues. And listen, I know it can't. Look, it's got to, it, it's supposed to be a struggle. That's what it's supposed to look like, right? It didn't have to be poetry in motion for me. And it doesn't have to be. But it can't be sloppy either. I know that's it's asking it's too much. It's a fine much. line. Yeah, don't be sloppy, right? But don't be ballet, right? Like they used to say this about Ricky Steamboat. They was like, hey, your matches are too smooth. It's too, or Jake Roberts, hey, it's, hey, hey man. Your matches are too smooth. It's got to be a little gritty. You can't be that smooth. It looks like looks like you guys are just going through the motion, step by step by step. Randy Savage was like that too. It's like, hey man, it's a little too smooth, right? You got to have something. So when I watched this match yesterday, I thought, you know what? That wasn't good. As a matter of fact, that shouldn't have been the first match. It yeah. shouldn't have. And, and it's I don't think it's Johnny Elite being rusty because I think that he's awesome. I think that I've always been a fan. But that match, though, and it, you see it from the beginning, right? So they're about to do a collar and elbow tie up, Joe and, and Johnny Elite, and like Elite does like a kick or a punch, and then Joe's like, "Oh, okay, so you want to do the whole fight? You want to fight?" So he was not happy with that, right? And so there was some real punishment, some real punishment that Samoa Joe put on Johnny Elite. It's like, okay, I don't know what you're doing, but if you're not going to do the traditional collar and elbow tie up, like you want to kick me or you want to punch me, like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna whoop your ass now, right? It's gonna hurt. So I, I didn't I didn't like that. And then Maki Ito. So who asked for a uh, comedy match on Dynamite? Who asked for that? In I a tournament that's supposed to you know be prestigious. Like they've built it up to mean a lot. They don't months of qualifying. And and look, I think that there's a there's certainly a spot for Maki Ito, but yes, it's not in the opening round of the tournaments where like no, Johnny Elite comes out. Yeah. Dark, yeah. that's where she belongs. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, e- uh, 
Johnny Elite comes out and you're going, ooh, this is interesting. Like he's not he's not a super big name where you think, okay, he's automatically going over Samoa Joe, but it made you think, like, okay, I have to pay attention to this match because I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure which way this is gonna go. Well, Maki, am I the only out, one? And am I the only one that thought over. when you see Johnny Elite that it was Gargano? Because like that was my first reaction. When I saw in the title they said Johnny Elite, I was like, yes, they got Johnny Wrestling. And it it wasn't like that. That was that was a different human being. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> completely, yeah. completely different human being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I wouldn't want to see him lose his first match. I like Johnny Gargano. I do. I know some people are like, that's overkill if he comes to AEW, but I like him. I like Johnny Gargano could go anywhere and I'll watch yep. him because I know he's going to give you a max effort. So I like him. I just, I, I, I saw those guys come out with it. I saw Johnny Elite. That wasn't great. Uh, somebody mentioned on here. Yeah, uh, Mike says the 450 smash was hor- splash was horrible. Yeah, it, it was. was bad. He missed. He like landed on the mat like next to Samoa <laughs> Joe, and then like bounced himself onto Samoa Joe. Like, oh, I actually hit it. Nope, I'm right here. Yeah, that was a well. Miss. The other thing, like in terms of booking, like from the women's division, I think you could have justified whoever comes out beating Brit, Brit, and it pays into Brit being like, oh, conspiracy theory. You also then get to save Brit versus Tony Storm, like. This was a good opportunity to elevate the women's division. You bring someone out there that gets a win over Britt Baker on their first night, that's a good spot to sort of elevate someone, which, you know, we've talked about others need to be elevated in that division. Tony Storm's, Tony Storm's hair was perfect. It was 80s rock band perfect. Oh, my God, I love her. I love Tony Storm. She's a great wrestler. She's got the look. I don't know what the WWE was thinking because I yeah. think that she's a star. I really do. Uh, in the problem with the, the women's division is their other segment for the women was a swing and a miss last night with Serena D. Like I look, I am actually, I'm looking forward to Deeb versus Thunder Rosa at double or nothing, because much like we talked about the, the WWE pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago, WrestleMania backlash, like the wrestlers are going to deliver like Deeb and Thunder Rosa are going to deliver in the ring. The stories kind of got me lacking. Like you can't give Serena Deeb, I think that long of a segment, she, her, her strength, isn't on the microphone. Like when she was doing her five minute professional challenge would come out, cut a 30 second promo about how awesome she was. And she was going to kick whatever rookies ass that was about to come out. Like, that's great. That's what you need. You just need her in those bite-sized pieces and to have a long segment where she tongue lashes, Tony, and then Dustin take comes out. And then we finally get Thunder Rosa to come out. Like it was just, it was too long. And it, it, it just, it missed the mark for me in terms of getting me excited for that match. I, I personally, uh, Brian, did not mind the promo because out of the promo, you got Serena D calling Vince McMahon a, an old pervert. Sure. Uh, that, that, was in the, that was in the promo. That popped the crowd a little bit, that, that crappy crowd in Houston. They're still doing yes chance in Houston. I, I was so pissed off. Like, this is 20-plus 20, 20 years ago. You're Houston and A-Town doing that. I cannot believe that they're still doing – doing the, the what chance that, that pissed me off yesterday. Yeah. It ruined It took me out of the moment watching the show. I did not mind the promo. I just didn't think it belonged on Dynamite. It should have been on Rampage. That way you can edit it down to what you wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. What it did is, what that promo did is made Dustin look awkward. Yeah. Yep. Like he, he didn't need that brow beating. He's the, you know, like, <laughs> if you're talking to Dustin like that, are you when you talk like that to someone else, that means you're going to wrestle them. Is Serena wrestling Dustin? No. I mean, she, she's Brian's not. rooting for it. <laughs> yes, but then even, like, Dustin <laughs> gets taken off by, like, the back elbow from Thunder Rosa. Like, I was like, oh, okay, like, that's it. And, like, 
I mean, honestly, the Brit match deserved to be on Rampage. I know, you know, a lot of people were very excited that, you know, this tag team from Revolution in 2021, like, oh, man, they're facing each other. I know people are on the edge of their seats because of that, but that was a Rampage match between those two. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Um, the other thing from AEW, though, last night, I, I actually like the the – the Blackpool Combat Club finally having an angle and finally having something that they can try to sink their teeth in and having a, I mean, it's a little clunky, I guess, involving outside people already in their first angle where you're, you know, now you've got the infighting potentially where John Moxley has to play peacekeeper between his buddy in Eddie Kingston and his new partner in Brian Danielson. So that's going to be a little awkward, I guess. Um, but I, I like the fact that we do get to see the BCC who is just all violence, all professional wrestling go up against the uh, sports entertainer group. Maybe that was something you could have eventually built towards, but the fact that BCC has an angle to sink their teeth in instead of just coming out and being awesome every week. I am a fan of that. And did I miss something like where's Yuta? Uh, he's he in Japan. Japan. Yeah. yeah. I think he's in Japan fighting, um, uh, whatever, what what uh, new Japan tournament do they have going on? This is oh. Super Juniors. Oh, yeah, Super Juniors. Super juniors. Okay. He's got Super Juniors right now, so that's why he is noticeably absent currently. Gotcha. Okay, I was just curious. Um, yeah, yeah, he didn't like I, walk I, out or anything. He wasn't like yeah. happy with his creative and just decided to hightail it out. So you know, you know, I, no, you know what I was waiting for? I was waiting for you know William Regal say, "War Games." Yes. Is is this not war games or is this a, like a, a ten man tag? I don't I don't understand. It's just what's a street here. fight. I mean, it's not stadium stampede. Mox made sure everyone knew it is not a stadium stampede match, but I think it's just a street fight. No, that should be war games. But should they would they? have to. Yeah. So what's their blood and guts? That's their version oh, yeah, of yeah. it of in AEW because war games is technically trademarked yes. by WWE. That I mean, maybe that's what they build toward next week, and that's. You know, that's that, that's kind of one of the last things that they build towards Double or Nothing next Wednesday. They turn it into a War Games match, which, again, would make the most sense, I, I think, with, with this feud. But I feel like I, more I, of if, a that, build, if that's what they turn it into, I am all the way in on John Moxley and Brian Danielson being in two rings and two cages. Yeah, I just feel like you need more of a build for something that special. That's true. I see. I see what you're saying. No, but I mean, all it's it's AEW. Everything's just put together fast. No, I no, I agree with you. This should have been. You should see, start to see some semblance of this in like late April, all throughout May, and then okay, you got a whole bunch. See, the old school in you, Brian, says you should have matches in these factions, right? Singles matches, tag team matches, build towards something. I can't stand you. I can't stand you. Okay, screw this. Blood and guts, sure. right? That, that's how you build. That's the traditional way of saying, here comes a rivalry. We're going to build this for two months. We can't take this. We've had singles matches, tag team matches. Screw this. We're going to be all in the cage war games or whatever right. it is, right? That's that's going to be the blow off, but that's not what they're doing here with this. Well, I mean, honestly, like I think they were going that path. Like the BCC involvement then was almost too early. Like you could have built to the JAS and the Eddie and, you know, Santana Ortiz and the whole thing. Like we're outnumbering you. We're outnumbering you. We'll finish you in war games, whoever you got. And then we see the BCC come out and you do it that way. Yeah, but they needed something for the BCC to do because sure. the BCC just is naturally over with the people that are involved with it. They just, they needed some sort of angle. And I, I don't know, you know, you think about like other factions and trios and like 
the elite is pretty tied up right now and potentially going to be tied up in their own thing whenever Kenny Omega comes back. And currently, uh, okay, so Jurassic Express with Christian Cage. Well, they're they're kind of building towards a potential heel turn from somebody because Christian Cage keeps booking matches for Jungle Boy, triple threat matches for Jungle Boy to participate in. Um, so, like, all the other factions are kind of tied up right now. And you can't have – they needed to do something to make sure that that – you can't have a card and not have the Blackpool Combat sure. Club on it, you know. So Correct. they needed to be able to put them somewhere on that card, which and is why, feel like, we're you know about to get to trios titles, which like they need with the amount of factions they have, and I think ultimately they can make that into something. Guys, uh, Ed, a few news and notes for you. I wrote down how odd is it, or how sad is it, that the hottest angle in WWE is Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. No, I'm serious. No, I'm, I'm, mean, not, I'm dead serious. You mean Elias? Elias. Sorry. Yeah, Elias. How, how, how sad is that? Like, that's the most entertaining thing they've got going right now on either show. It is. I mean, SmackDown has, ever since they went through the last draft and, you know, you had, because, I mean, SmackDown used to be, to me, it was, you couldn't miss it. Like, you had Roman, you had Becky, like, they were telling compelling stories. It was fantastic. And K, I mean, KO was over there because that was one of the hot matches for Roman Reigns. Like, Friday night was spectacular, and I did not want to miss it. And SmackDown, for the most part, has felt pretty must-miss over the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's not, I can't think of, a, of an angle that I'm really excited about on SmackDown. I mean, the yeah. tag titles, unless they, they swerve us again, and they'd have to put out a statement. If you know, they promise a tag team title main event and then they don't go that route, we need a statement after the fact. They're, they're very yes. concerned about that stuff. That they would so, be disappointed that they could yes. not deliver the main event as promised. That would be the so, only other thing you're into. I mean, that's the only thing. Uh, JR, Jim Ross, has signed an 18-month extension with AEW as the announcer. I'm going to be there still saying things on the air. Open mouth, say things on mm-hmm. AEW. So, 18 month extension for good old JR. I mean, well, JR he, he, got some social media attention last night. He, he sort of, you know, referenced an area that, you know, wrestlers come from that is a old term in terms of, you know, referring to a certain group of people. But I think he thought it didn't mean anything too bad. So, might need to avoid some comments like that in the future. See, Gabe and I have not seen it. Gabe, you haven't seen this, right? No, no, I'm completely I haven't it. either. So See, it was Brian during, saw it. It was during the Hangman match. I, I saw it after the fact. I started when tweeting about it. So he was talking about Hangman's opponent and the area of the world that he's from and referred to him as a guy from there. So, yeah. Oh, wait. I re- Yes, I heard that in the match. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That's something I wouldn't say. Man, yeah. He so he he signed this extension because he wanted to get to fifty years, right? Like he wanted to say, "Hey, I made it fifty years in the wrestling business." Yeah, is this going to be a long eighteen months? Yeah, is this going to be a long eighteen months to me? Make sure he gets to fifty. God Almighty, I don't know if he can make it. Um, okay, so I know we got to get to uh, best match. One other thing, we got to, oh, so Gabe, we got one other show for Brian to watch. It's not, right. it's, not, it's not you and I. Because you're going to get married soon. You're going to have time. And I, I'm enough to hear with wrestling. I got enough to watch. But, I mean, we got impact so, in five minutes here. So yeah. I know. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I'm getting it ready. I, I still got to find it, though. So, so Brian, wrestling entertainment series. Did you see this? No. Wrestling entertainment series. It is a 
brand new company that's out there. Uh, and you're going to have to watch it. The card's already out there. They're going to have a show on Fight TV Saturday, June 4th from Nottingham, England. Braun Strowman against Alistair Overeem. So it's an old UFC fighter against Braun okay. Strowman. Nia Jax, who said she would never wrestle again against Lana. Oh, wow. former tag team partner. Okay. I could probably do without that match, but okay. The the authors of pain and boy in NXT were they not awesome authors of pain yeah. they were they were awesome well so they would have Weston Blake and, and Steve Macklin uh, the guys who was that group who was that faction Macklin and Cutler the uh, oh. the NXT they were in NXT was three of them remember yeah. that uh, the Forgotten Sons forgot yeah the one of them who got fired he's he was very upset with Punk's shirt last night he uh, took to social media to complain about that. Um, and again, if you happen to miss CM Punk's shirt, I'm sure you can Google it or find it anywhere <laughs> on the interwebs. Um, but with Authors of Pain, like their injuries just kind of derailed them on the main roster. Because I thought that they yeah. were, when they were with Seth Rollins, like that could have been really interesting. But they just kept getting hurt. Like they would come back and then one of them would get hurt. They'd have to go away. So I'm glad to see they're back wrestling because, yes, they are entertaining. And Victor in the comment says that is AOP's uh, promotion, actually. Yes, their company. Uh, yeah. One other thing, they got uh, Karrion Cross, Kalisto, and Bronson Reed in a on a three-way uh, match. Mojo Rowley's back against Lynch Dorado. So a lot of these old WWE acts yeah, that were on, like they everyone. Were on, they were on, they were on main event uh, <laughs> that they were buried. Uh, now are going to be part of a show apparently. So you got to watch it. Uh, yeah. Well, sounds good. See, uh, main event Europe. Got it. <laughs> main event Europe. That's pretty much. That's right. And, and if you can take it, call, called by Jonathan Coachman, who said he would never be in wrestling again. Coach on the call. Okay. That's all I have. What uh, What was your match of the week? Let's go around the horn. Uh, I'm going Hangman. Uh, that match was really fun. I know we talked last week about you know it being too inside. You needed moments to lead to matches. There was no story behind that match. Konoroski. I still can't even pronounce his name, but like. That Talk was a Shella. really – there you go, that guy. Like, I don't know anything about him. We saw that brief little video package a couple weeks ago. We've seen him on TV for a couple weeks now. That was a damn good match. The other two I'll throw out there that were fun, Riddle versus Sammy on Friday, just because it's what those two guys do. I think they perform. And that was into the Ronda match with Raquel. Like, I thought that was a pretty decent match. Okay, going a couple SmackDown matches. Interesting. Yeah, see? Um, I do want to shout out the the Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly match just because, again, I am a big Ray Phoenix mark. So, you know, typically kept to Ray. They made the wrong decision because Ray is the best wrestler in the world. Probably should have won the tournament, but they knocked him out too early. I am going to write a letter to Tony Khan. Don't worry. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm saying Hangman. Uh, that match was just fun. And the other part about that match with Punk on camp commentary, because Punk is who he is and he's so good, I'm starting to get excited for that match. Like Punk renaming the um, Buckshot Lariat into the Punk Shot Lariat, you know, like <laughs> constantly, you know, at the end when he did uh, the GTS and then like Punk finds a way to take a shot at Kenta. Like some people get upset when you do that move, but not me. I'm flattered when you do that move. Um, you know, so the way that Punk was saying things that, you know, even though Hangman can't hear them are clearly going to get under Hangman's skin. Like it's, it's starting to build towards, hey, these two dudes don't like each other, and now Punk, we get to see that Punk on the mic that we enjoy. I'm, I'm looking forward to that match at Double or Nothing, um, and, and I think that that match, even though Punk was only on commentary, really started to do it for me. 
we agree. All three of us agree. <laughs> um, it is Takashita and um, and uh, Hangman Page was the best match of the week. There's no question. Um, you, you know, it's interesting. It's the way it was booked, right? Because Takashita was so impressive. He has been impressive in AEW. Apparently, he called his parents after the match and said, oh, this is why I love pro wrestling. He was so happy with the way the match ended. Now, here's the thing, though. The old school booker in me says, should the champion be in that kind of peril this close to a pay-per-view? I mean, he, he was getting rocked, Paige. And, but, yeah. he, but ultimately, Takashita, you know, tall guy, strong guy. He had so many moves. Did you see that, uh, that suplex? Like, like on his tippy toes, those oh, German Germans, suplexes? yeah, those Germans brother, were ridiculous, brother. I mean, I mean that that was some great wrestling. I mean, and so great it shouldn't have been the second match. It should have been the first match. Quite frankly, you open if you're gonna open the card, if you're gonna open the show, open with that match. That shouldn't have been second on the card. It was the last time the world champion was second on the card? That's ridiculous. I know WWE has done this, like to like avoid Sunday night football at times where they do the main event first, but is the main event of dynamite actually the first match? Because again, like the timing with some of these shows in the last match, I was really looking forward to, okay, they're clearly telling a story with Jeff Hardy and the injury coming off last week against Darby Allen. And I was looking forward to what they were going to do with that match with, with Adam Cole and half the match was picture in picture. And like, it, like the, the first match seems to be the main event because if you're in the main event, like you're running out of time and you're probably not going to get to do what you want. They did a bad job. They, 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 the timing was bad on that. That's a match you want to see. You want to yeah, see that match for, for, 15, for, for 15 minutes and it was six. You know, and, and so I was disappointed in the timing of that. I will give a shout out to Almost. I always give him crap on the show, but that was his best outing in that cage match against uh, Bobby oh, Latches. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the most impressive that he's been. And so now you're going to see him in Chicago in the cell? Did he win you over? No. <laughs> no. I wouldn't go across the street to see Hell in the Cell. There's no no Roman, no Hood. I told you that last week. I'm not going. Now, where the hell's Impact? Uh, <laughs> all right, Jay Hood's got to watch his Impact. So much wrestling to talk about next week. These two will be back. I'm going to be in Scotland. Jay Hood still somehow thinks I'm going to join. I guess we'll have to wait and see. This is be Ben. On. Good Karma Wrestling. Where is Impact?